Welcome to the Shifting Our Schools podcast, where we believe learning never stops. We create innovative and flexible professional development opportunities that support the current research and thinking in education today. This week's podcast episode aspires to set you up to take another step forward on your personal learning journey. Now here's your host, Jeff Udick. Welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. Thank you for finding some time to tune in this week. All March long, we are focused on instructional coaching as we open registration for our Google Certified Coaching Cohort that will begin in September and run all next school year. We are one of just a handful of Google partners who are also Google Certified Coaching Partners, allowing us to run programs to receive your Google Certified Coaching Certificate. Our program is run by Heather Dowd, who was involved in the initial research that brought this program to Google. You can hear more from Heather and how this program came to be in episode 158. I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes as well. Fun fact, it's one of our top three listened to episodes. You can find out more about the program and all the details at shiftingschools.com. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at info at shiftingschools.com. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to make sure to mention our show's sponsor, Teacher Wit. This open and free online community of educators is a great place to network, learn, and share ideas with others around the world. Teacher Wit is a community that has Facebook-like groups, Twitter-like discussions, private and group chats, and live exclusive events all wrapped up into one easy-to-navigate place that is exclusively for educators to share, learn, and connect. The phone app is great. Just search for Teacher Wit in your app store, download and install. I love getting my communities on my phone as it makes it so easy to check in in those five or 10 minute time slots we have in life. Check in while having lunch, while watching the kids at practice or standing in line at the grocery store. That's what I do when I'm scrolling through what's been shared. If there's something that interests me, I click on it, open it up in the app, then when I can find some focus time, I'll dig it a little deeper into that resource or conversation. That's how I work all my communities, quick in and outs until I find something that piques my interest or fills a need. The more communities you are a part of, the better chance to find that perfect resource when you need it. So search for TeacherWit in your app store, sign up and join this growing community of educators sharing our knowledge together. Thank you to TeacherWit for being a sponsor of the Shifting Our Schools podcast, TeacherWit creating an inspiring community of educators. Also, I want to get a plug for the upcoming Learning to Asia conference. This is a conference that I helped to get started back in 2007 and now sit on the board of. It's such a great and unique conference format. Here to tell you more is Trisha Friedman. Learning to Asia returns on the 23rd of April. You'll be able to connect with incredible educators as well as learn directly from students. At Learning to, we take student agency and leadership to heart. That's why we're not just talking about students, but we have them at the center of our event. When you head over to learningtoasia.org, you can learn all about our lineup and go ahead and register. Registration will be closing soon as cohorts are filling up and space is limited. So head over to learningtoasia.org today to learn more. Awesome. Today, I catch up with Dave Caleb, an international educator based in Singapore. Dave is an instructional coach and an amazing photographer. 
Today, we build on last week's episode where we learn about Dave's passion for photography and how that passion manifests itself into his teaching and instructional coaching practice. Make sure to check out Dave's links in the show notes. And with that, on with the show. Welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. Excited to be here with Dave Caleb, who I have not caught up with. I don't even know the last time we saw each other. It's been years, uh, years. With, with, the, with the pandemic. And then even before that, uh, you're still in Asia. And uh, my wife and I having made the transition back here to North America. To, but uh, we had a lot of learning to uh, time together. And we want to get into your photography because I still use a lot of the photos that you take for learning to uh, all over my website and, and promo <laughs> stuff. So I've always appreciated you doing that for us. But Dave, welcome to the podcast. Give us a little bit about your background in education, your career, uh, both as an educator and as a photographer, because I think that's fun. Sure, sure. Yeah. So I started teaching in Canada um, and I taught middle school, uh, North Sandwich Middle School. Um, And, you know, we had friends who moved overseas and we kept talking to them. Uh, They come back in the summer, they tell us all their adventures. And we thought, oh, why don't we try this out for a couple of years? And so we moved overseas. And we went and taught in Vietnam uh, in Hanoi at the United Nations International School. Um, and that was great. Really enjoyed our time there. And then we moved to Singapore. I was there for in Hanoi for six years. Then we moved to Singapore and taught at uh, where I'm teaching now, the United World College of Southeast Asia, uh, the, the newer East Campus. And, and I've been here for 12 years. Um, I started off as a here. I started off as a grade four teacher. And then I transition, transitioned into a, a digital literacy coach. Um, and also, yeah, I I teach a couple all along. I've done a lot of photography stuff. And so, you know, it's always been a passion of mine. Um, you know, growing up, I, I, my, I had a brother who was really good with like painting and drawing and, and, and I, that was something I wish I could be good at, but maybe I didn't put in the time. And my parents bought me one of these sort of Kodak 110 cameras. It had this like long film. It was a small film, but I just, I took pictures with that and I thought, oh, wow, you know, here I am. I can, I can do something creative. And I I really liked that. So I sort of built on that. Um, So yeah, largely self-taught photographer. So in terms of when I was starting off, I remember I asked somebody who was a friend who was a photographer. I was like, oh, what kind of camera should I buy? (laughs) Right. Uh, And he sort of suggested a camera and I, I ended up buying this camera secondhand and I had it for a year before I didn't have a lens for it. I couldn't afford a lens. So I I had it for a year (laughs) without having a lens. And I was like reading everything I could about photography and trying and finally eventually got a lens and started learning old fashioned way, you know, just by writing things down in a little notebook. It was days of film. So everything I was trying to write down and learn and try different things. So I read books, uh, internet. There was a few things on the internet back then, you know, <laughs> earlier days of the internet. Yeah. Um, but I just, I remember writing things down in a book all the time. And, you know, every time I saw something, I was like, Oh, how did they do that? I see a picture. How did they do that? What did they do? And, you know, um, I'll never forget, actually, there's a really influential book that I saw. Um, it's called learning to see creatively by Brian Peterson. Hmm. And what I loved about it was he would have sort of two pictures side by side. And one would just be like this regular picture that you or I would see and take like of a tree or yeah, something. And then right. the second picture was he would have done a creative angle or gotten in close or done the, and I was like, wow, that it was so inspirational. That was like a really big moment for me seeing that, you know, these things that are in everyday life, we walk past 
yet he's captured this amazing photograph of these things. He's, he's really that idea of learning to see creatively. In fact, like he is, he actually has three editions of the book and I have all three editions. I just, I, I, he was a very, you know, it was a really, really, really great and inspirational book for me. Um, and that actually spurred me on in terms of like teaching photography, I guess, you know, um, that educator's mindset. I was thinking like, how can I, how can I help others learn in a way that is that worked for me that might be good for them. You know, I, I, I took notes in my notebook and I sort of, I tried, I always thought, oh, well, maybe I'll write my own book. I think that'd be really cool. And I tried to organize my thinking and my thoughts and these things, these ideas into a, into a book on the computer, like in, you know, Word or what, there was no Google back, uh, Google uh, Docs back then. So it was just like Word or I think maybe even pages, but um I just got frustrated because of the lack of space. Like I was like, I really wanted to show a bunch of pictures, but yeah. I couldn't because now all of a sudden the book's getting really big and it's, <laughs> it's, it was, yeah. So um, in, uh, I think it was 20, 2012, beginning of 2012, um, iBooks author came out. And for mm. me, that was a big point because I can create my own ebook. I don't have to like find a publisher to publish this. I can, I can self-publish, I can do this. And so I downloaded that right away and started writing. And I just thought like, it was amazing because the big advantages were I wasn't limited by space, right? There's no physical book. That's right. I could put, I could put hundreds of images, you know, on a page if I wanted where you could, they could flip through, they could see them larger. They could, I thought that was just fantastic. And a big one for me was being able to have videos. So I feel like if you can see me doing something, it, it makes a big difference. If I just see the picture, I'm like, well, how, what does the surroundings look like? What did you do? How did you do that? If, and I, if you could see me doing that, then I think that would, that would, you know, really help. So I wanted, I, I wanted to help people learn in a way that I didn't have the chance to learn. Mm. You know, that was a big thing for me. Um, cool. And so, yeah, I, I started, so I started right away. I was like, started writing, but I also started capturing videos. So going out and capturing videos and, I called it the photography toolkit because I feel like photographers, well, I experienced this myself. I would go out and I would look and I see all oh, this tree in this field. I really want to capture a, a pic, cool picture of this tree in the middle of this only tree in this field. How do I do that? How do I capture a creative image? that's not just like a snapshot. And I sort of think about, I call the photographer's toolkit because I feel like a woodworker. So a woodworker mm -hmm. has all these tools that they get good at and they sure. learn how to use the chisel and they learn how to use the sander and they learn how to use all these different things. Um, and as a photographer, I feel like those are, there are compositional tools, there are technical mm -hmm. tools that you could learn. And then when it comes to a new scene, I come to that tree and I'm like, Ooh, okay, well maybe I could use the compositional tool of foreground interest, or maybe I could try this or maybe. And so the idea was, teaching, helping people learn these different tools that they could use, get them to practice. And then when it comes to new situation, they can sort of draw from those mm. and have confidence when they're approaching something new, you know? So that was, yeah, that, that was a big part of the background there. Also, like, I guess uh, overlap as an educator, you know, I'm, I'm always, I'm always trying to get better. I think uh, I start, at the, actually, at the end of every year, I look back and I say, okay, what do I want to do better next year? Mm. Right. You know, I, I, and I make a list, literally I have lists of these 
these things that I want to do better next year. And then when I start my year, I look back at that list. I'm like, okay, oh, I'm going to try to work on these things. And, and I don't get through all of them because there's so much to get better at. But I, it's like the same thing as a photographer. It's not like, you know, I've gotten there. I'm yeah. always trying to get better even with teaching students, I've been teaching students photography for as long as I've, you know, as long as I've been teaching and that has evolved. Like I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to learn new, new ideas for myself, but I'm also learning new ways of teaching the kids. You know, when our, when our school changed to a concept-based curriculum, I was like, okay, so how can I use that in how I teach the kids? Mm. So I just, you know, and I'm always, even recently, I, you know, I learned a new way. Somebody was talking about how they used auto ISO to take pictures. I was like, Oh my gosh, that would be really cool with like <laughs> sports. And that would be, how could I do this? And, you know, yeah. so I often find myself sitting there. I'm like, Ooh, ooh I wonder, I wonder if I wonder what would happen if, or things like that. So my, my, my photography world and my um, education world, like overlap all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because uh, as you're talking, uh, my wife and I were talking about this the other day, we, we don't have any digital photos of our wedding because there weren't digital cameras. And right. it's just so mind blowing when we talk about like a lot of times when we talk about photography, we talk a lot about like it instantly nowadays, you just think technology and it's mm -hmm. not that way. And I know like one of the last things that you posted was like how to create your own dark room to be able to, to do your own film. Right. It's one of the last videos you did. And yeah. it, this is like this trajectory that, that, photography has been on is just unbelievable. And a lot of it due to technology, right? Like mm -hmm. being able to, like, I remember back in the day, the, the whole goal was if we could get to 13 megapixels, 13 megapixels was like the magic number. <laughs> yeah. That made it the same as, as a regular photo that you could take. Yeah. And now yeah. we're like, what, 28 megapixel? I have a 45 megapixel camera. Yeah, it's just like, it's, it's just like, insane. It's insane, right? Yes. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things that it's great about it is that speed at which somebody can learn. Yeah. Because I remember getting my camera, taking those pictures, writing the notes, and then getting that film developed and coming back and being like, did I write down the, oh, <laughs> man. But now the kids can take a picture like, why is it dark? What yeah. is this? That's what right. can I Instant do? And feedback. it's like, oh, yes, that, yeah. that idea. But but on the other hand, so every summer, actually, you know, when I go before COVID, but this summer, when we go back, I go back and with my own kids and my nieces, we go out and we take pictures, but I have a film camera for each of them. I got some oh, old cool. film cameras for cheap and they really slow down and really, you know, okay, I got to make this one count, click, yeah. you know, to make sure. And it's, and I like that. I like that idea. So I like that they can sort of learn from the digital, but also try out some of the old school. I still have a dark room in my mom's basement that, you know, I just use over Christmas and it, it's, it's, that's fun as well. It's just great fun. Yeah. So, that's so yeah. good. Talk a little yeah. bit about how uh, you have shared tutorials over the years. You talked a little bit about like making the yeah. ebook, which is awesome. And now you're leveraging TikTok. You've got YouTube videos. You still have your, yeah. your website. Um, mm -hmm. What are just some different tools out there that you're finding there are different ways that you're being able to leverage this stuff? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I started with that ebook and then thought, okay, that's a way to get it out. But then I started putting also photos on Instagram and I also created for... Um, 
classrooms or for anybody actually uh, an ebook another ebook for using your digital device like your iPhone or mm-hmm. your Android phone or your iPad whatever for people in school um, and so I started with those sort of things but then when new technology comes along I'm I, I'm excited to try it like like you said with TikTok I was like oh I'll try this I got no problem with that it, you know it's it let's see how this reaches other people because well for example one of the things about TikTok is like people, it, it shares out things to people who are not their sharing algorithm, who may not be, um, who are not following me, right? They have this right. sort of, and so you can reach, sometimes these videos can reach people that you may not have reached. So I'll, I'm happy to try that out. Or even with the students that I'm, that I'm working with, instead of just sort of coming into the classroom, we're going to learn this about this tool, you're going to go try it. I may have like a, a playlist on Padlet where they're sort of using that tool while I'm, or I've created a video and they can try some of these things out. Um, so I'm trying to adjust what I'm doing and try new things. But also um, I found that, for example, the element of me doing something live with the kids, you know, I may show them some examples of how to capture movement photos, for example, but then actually doing it with them and them seeing me shooting and being tethered and they can see on sure. the projector, oh, wow. Okay. That's Wow. Okay. Now, and then now you can try it. It just can make a, a, a big difference. Um, and I mean, I, I know it's kind of, I'm kind of late to the game with the blog, you know, blogs been around for forever, <laughs> but I just thought, well, you know, it's, a, it's another way for people to access things. Mm. And same thing, same thing with YouTube. You know, I, if I'm going to go learn how to clean my coffee machine and I, I right. got a YouTube video that I've liked that I just keep going back to because I'm like, <laughs> hey, make sure I get this one right. Or how do I make better pizza? I'm going on YouTube. And, you know, when I, another teacher that I, I've talked to, I was like, I, I, I'm making a blog and I'm making YouTube. He's like, I understand YouTube, but you know, why the blog? Like people just go to YouTube. And I, I thought, I understand, but actually no. Right. Mm. If I'm, the, the blog offers something different. I put my the I put the YouTube video that I create that's connected to it on on my blog as well, sure. so you can see. But being able to actually read through and and digest things in different ways, I guess that's the big thing. Yeah, I'm seeing things in different ways. You can see those pictures, and I can at my own speed, as opposed to the way that YouTube is playing something. I can flick through these pictures and look and see the differences, or mm. you know. I think there's value in those different modes. I really think that's, you know, it's important. So, but now anybody can go anywhere and learn, right? I I, I wanted to learn something new about anything photography. I, I'll go and look it up. Right? Yeah. So, so one of the things we've been talking about this month, because we're this month, the month of March is all focused on, on instructional coaching is understanding who you are outside of education and having that be an influence into your coaching style. So how would you say like all of this, like just the way you've even explained in the way you're explaining, like the way you learn, the way you love to share information in all different sorts. Like, how do you see that influencing your, your coaching style with, with teachers uh, as an instructional coach inside your schools? Yeah. Great question. I, I think one of the, one of my things that uh, one of my strengths is is a learner, right? Like I am, I am all about learning new things all the time. I remember. (laughs) Oh yeah. And and, and that's the thing, like where, whatever I'm doing. And I think that is really, that really comes through. I remember my first year overseas, actually, um, they announced that we were having, it was my, it was my birthday. It was a Saturday and the school announced, Oh, by the way, we've, uh, we've got a PD day on that day. So you got to come in. 
And I was like, oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> but when I get in there, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. Oh, you know, it's, yeah. I just, I think that learning part. So when it comes to instructional coaching, I get excited about something and I'm, oh, we can learn about this together. It's not like I necessarily have, because I don't have yeah. the answers. We know that all the time, but I think that part is a huge part for me that, that, that I'm a learner first and that influences everything I do as a coach. And I think other people see that as well. The people that I'm working with, they're saying, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, Dave's learning here as well. So, yeah. And if Dave yeah. doesn't know the answer, he knows how to learn and go figure it out. So he'll go do right. that for me. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Well, I'll, I'll say it all the time. People will be like, Oh, so why is my computer doing this? I don't know, but we can find <laughs> out like really so we'll much of the time out. I have no idea, but yeah. we can, we can try to try some things and figure it out. And that sort of inquiry, you know, is modeled and trying to, it's, it's just, yeah, really yeah. important. Very yeah. important. And yeah, the, and the world's always changing, right? Like there's always different things that are coming up and, you know, what does, yeah. What, what can I learn? What more can I try out yeah. and how can I connect these things? So, yeah, that's awesome. A, f- yeah. a few, a few years ago at the learning Two conference, uh, which is coming up here again, people are going to be hearing oh, more great. about that here on the podcast as well. But, awesome. uh, you did a learn Two talk around how uh, photography helps students see themselves as change makers. And we're going to make sure we have that video it will be linked in the show notes for people that want to go and watch it. Cause it's totally worth that. But, um, at, you gave that talk like back in 2018, I think. And how, how do you see it still have relevance today? Like with everything we've been through these last couple of years and just yeah. like the change maker culture of, ge- of this generation, like how do you, how do you see photography and just helping support kids be that change maker that they, they so want to be this generation? Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it is so important. I think, you know what, everyone has now a device in their pocket that's capable of like capturing and sharing media so quickly. That to me, right at the, that's the starting point. Pretty much everybody has that, right? It's just my phone. And being able to do that makes such a difference. But there was this um, quite a few years, well, a few years ago now, but National Geographic is like their 125th anniversary of, and they talked about six ways that photography can change the world. They talked about like, um, it can help people relate to others. Um, it can reveal something about something you might not know, uh, didn't know about. Um, photography can be a witness, mm. maybe to an event and capture you. That's always, you know, what people often think of photography. Sure. Um, the think about it can prove something. So mm. you think about like pictures of um, ice flows retreating, you know, from 50 years ago, hundred years ago, now right. showing, look, this is proving that this is actually happening. Um also photography, they talked about it being able to protect something, hmm. right? Because people are like, oh, wow, I didn't know. How can I, I want to do something about that. Um, and also to celebrate an event. So I think I talk to my my students about these things all the time. Like, what, what do you want to be able to do? Because you can. And it's easier now more than ever. I don't have to have a fancy camera. I can use that, you know, that phone sure. that's in my pocket. It, it It's just so important. But it's also critical that we, because we can share it so quickly, but also I think on the flip side, it's really important that we're working with students to understand that they need to be critical of what they see, Mm. right? And, you know, I think even just recently, you know, the videos that have been shared about uh, things in Ukraine or whatever. Exactly. That actually was not from that day or whatever. Right. So I think though that's really, really important. So, yeah, I even more so every every day now we can share i'll watch old movies and i'll be like 
oh, that wouldn't have happened now because somebody would have taken a video or somebody yeah. would have, you know, <laughs> been, I always think of these things that yeah, right. media now is just, it's, it's around us. I can share it. I can do all those things. It's, you know, yeah, it's such a difference. Yeah. And I think that critical part, like I, that Ukraine thing, I think about that, you know, every day as I'm scrolling the news, you have to be so, are we teaching kids to be critical examiners of the media that's coming out and photography, video being number one right now, um, yeah. you're watching these things and all of a sudden it comes out. It's like, no, that's from a war 15 years ago, or that's yeah. not even from Ukraine, yeah. Russia, like it's from some other place. So just that, that critical eye of, uh, on both sides of it, right? Like as a creator, how are you being critical? And then as a consumer, how are you being critical of, of the media around you? I think is so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. On your website, you have a bunch of uh, photography challenges yeah. that people can do. Uh, and again, the website and everything will be in our uh, show notes. So people can easily click on that and go find that. Can you talk about some of these uh, photography sure. challenges and how sure. teachers might be able to use those? Yeah. You know, I love the idea of a, of a challenge, no matter what your skill level is. You know, I think challenge, you want to stretch your comfort zone. Um, I'll give you an example. So one of my favorite photographers is a National Geographic photographer named Jim Brandenburg. Um, and you may have seen some of his images, even if you don't know his name. He's famous for images of wolves. He's got a picture of a wolf, like jumping from one ice flow to another. But he, you know, he's, he's an American photographer. Um, and he, in 19, I think it was 1998, he, he published a book called Chased by the Light. And it's mm -hmm. one of the most inspiring set of images ever. So what he, he he's in a, he's this very accomplished photographer, but he still wanted to challenge himself. So he said, oh, this was just a personal challenge. This wasn't like designed to be a book in the beginning. He just like wanted to challenge himself. And so he set out to capture one photo a day, no do-overs. And this was, he was using slide film. So, okay. you know, it was, wow. that was the one frame that he would, and slide film is it's very, if you make mistake, it's going to show up on the film, right? You, it, it yeah. Too dark, too light. It's you've you've got to be, and every single one of these images in this book, I'm just blown away. Hmm. You know, and and he talks about his process of going through the day, and he's like, oh, you know, I I passed up a possible photo here. It was getting late. I did this, and and I just love that idea of you know, here's somebody's at the top of his game, you know, and he's challenging himself, trying something different, and so. It's different from going out and learning something. It's it's and practicing a new skill. It's these aren't like skills to add to your photo toolkit, so to speak. It, but you're you still learn. You still learn something about yourself, something about photography. Um, and so, I have a lot of <laughs> over the years. I have a lot of photo equipment, and I can't. There's no way I could ever take it all with me. It's always a choice of okay, what am I going to take? I'm going right. to go do this. What do I bring with me? Even when I travel you know, back home to Canada, Sure. what am I going to bring with me? What am I going to leave? And so that sort of started it. I was thinking, okay, well, maybe I'll just challenge myself. I'm just going to bring one fixed focal length lens and I'm going to photograph with that. And I'm, that's, I'm going to have to use that no matter the situation, even if I wanted a wide angle and I've got a telephoto, I'm just going to, that's what I'm going to do. And so I, I, I tried that out and I learned a lot about the lens. I learned a lot about, you know, capturing photos, which with, with what I had, um, and I've tried other things. I've tried. I, so that's where this sort of started. It started with just an equipment thing. Um, right. And it's something I highly recommend people do because you get to really know your camera and your that lens, what it can do, what it can't do. Um, 
And it led into other challenges. I was like, oh, well, maybe I should do some film at night. And maybe I, so I just have on, on my phone, I've got a list of, ooh, you know what might be cool? Let's uh, take a picture and tell a story with only six photographs. I want to tell this, to, you know, I talk about telling stories. So that how, I'll set that challenge for myself or That's I'm cool. going to ch- try to capture movement in every single photo I go out today. That's what I'm going to do. So that's sort of where I was born from. And I, I, I keep thinking of things, oh, what would be fun? And it's just so I have an idea. And I, when I have time, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go out this weekend. Let's look on my list. Oh, I'm going to try <laughs> this one. You know, what, what might be cool and fun for people? So that idea of people can do this too with like some of the compositional techniques. So they could go and say, you're just learning. If, if people are just learning about photography, they might, you might say, okay. Um, I always teach even from kindergarten, K one students, pre-kindergarten students, the, they're going to learn first of all perspective, bird's eye view, worm's eye view. That's like the number one where kids, I always teach them. Right. Yeah. Um, we teach them about getting closer, like with details, like looking in and trying to find the picture within a picture. And then we talk about putting your picture for younger kids, I don't call it rule of thirds, but basically don't put the thing in the middle. Those are the three sort of starter techniques that I teach everybody. And I see, when I see K1 students coming away with some images, I'm like blown away, (laughs) but it's, it's amazing. But the, but the idea is if you're a starting photographer, you could challenge yourself to do that. I'm just going to capture some bird's eye view photos, only bird's eye view photos. That's all I'm going to do and go out and do that and set that challenge for yourself. So, you know, you learn about what works, what doesn't, um, you learn about your, your equipment, but I yeah. hopefully you come away with some, some great images. So, yeah, that's great. And, uh, so teachers can down, they can download them. Are they downloads? Or are they just, are they blog posts? How are they over on the website? These challenges? Um, so these are just, I've just listed them in there so people can okay. try them themselves if they want. But, uh, and what'll happen is Very there'll cool. be a YouTube video of me doing the challenge and people can try it out. People can suggest some of they're like, oh, you should try this. And that'd be great as well. Yeah. yeah. You've, yeah. Been, you've been adding a ton of stuff to your YouTube channel lately. Like that seems to be a place that you're focused. Uh, yeah. Can you kind of maybe talk about your process? Like what is the process yeah. that you go through to, to put those videos together, to get them on YouTube? I know that there's a lot of coaches uh, that are, that especially during the pandemic, put a lot of time and effort into their YouTube channels. Yeah. Uh, and, and so what's kind of your process and how do you go about what yeah. are maybe some tips or tricks on the settings? I'm always looking for tips or sure. tricks on YouTube settings. <laughs> right. Right. Well, first and foremost, like I'm always thinking about how can I help somebody else learn about something? So, I mean, that's what I'm, I'm trying to put on there. I don't want, you know, I, I, I put on those challenges, things that I've done that is right. like, which I already mentioned, but then I also put on things like creative, I have some playlists. So like creative control, um, mm. learning creative techniques, whether it's light painting or whether it's capturing movement or multiple exposures, things like that, that's, that people can try uh, and you can learn about and then try yourself. Um, I've also got like an equipment playlist as well. So understanding the, the tools that you're using. Um, I got a composition playlist. So, and sometimes things will go into multiple playlists, sure. right? You know, but composition, how to compose an image and, and a general playlist. But to be honest, like the, the style of video is, has changed over time. When I mm. first started off, I just thought, okay, I'm, uh, you know, I just, well, okay, I'll take a step back. I, I saw this guy on YouTube, huge inspiration. He photographed owls. And so I watched his videos and he had a 
quite a big video camera on top of his camera. But oh, wow. what it meant was when he was videoing the owl with that camera, we could see sort of his field of view. Hmm. And then we would see the picture that he captured. So I, I really liked that. So then what I did was for my challenges for when I go out is I just have my iPhone, put it on top of my camera with a, oh, cool. you know, a little thing. So you can see what I'm seeing uh, as I go. And when I first started, I sort of put the, the video on the side and videoed me taking the picture, which, which was okay. But I just wanted, I, I just really liked this style. Mm. Um, you know, this, the, this first person perspective, first sure, person yeah. point of view. And I thought that was really cool. Um, and with like with anything, I, I did it in a way that I think I I would have liked to have learned. I think I would have liked to have seen, oh, this is what you're seeing. That's that's kind of cool. Mm. Um, and then on YouTube, I, I sort of learned also a little bit about what gets traction. Um, you know, YouTube's really interesting because I I put these videos out there and you know, some people are seeing them, that sort of thing. And then um I managed Nikon here in Singapore. Um, lent, I was able to borrow cameras for, from them. And I, so I, I borrowed one of their top of the line mirrorless cameras. Uh, the lady's like, yeah, you can have it for a week. I'm like, Woo, yay, great. <laughs> so I literally, I, I, I just want to try it out. I'm, I'm interested in learning. Let's see what's, what's going on. And I went out and I took out photos for a few hours and literally it was like the laziest YouTube video I've made maybe, but I, I, I just sort of talked about it. I did a, a video of the, the camera and talked to, you know, here it is in front of me nothing special. Right. And it just like, boom, wow. skyrocketed. It's like an and, unboxing and, video. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and then this, I know. I and then I was like, Oh, <laughs> so, and I realized people were interested because of that. Like it's a newer camera. Not everyone right. can have these. And so, but the videos, like any, any videos that I made of things that were new or <laughs> high end equipment, sure. it's like 10, 10 to a hundred times the views of my other videos. Wow. Like just, uh, just so much. So, and I'm like, Oh, it, it can be depressing when I put in another video and I put a ton of work into something right, yeah. and it's like, it's just not the number of views, but I see sort of them both as a, as a means to an end. I, I, I'm not the unboxer. I, that's not what I want to be. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's going to be those people out there and there's going to be, there obviously is the demand for people to see that. Yeah. But if that gets people to my channel, where I'm doing the other things. Cause those are the things that I really enjoy. And I don't get me wrong. I, I, I don't mind sharing. I've learned about this camera. This is what I like about it. That's fine. Yeah. But, but the cool thing was that people were coming to my ch- other videos and saying some really cool things. Oh, I found your, your channel. I really like how you explain this or um, you know, I've seen this in other ways, but you re- really explained it really well. I feel like that's back to the teacher and me, like what would, yeah. what would, what do they need to know? What do they need to see? You know, those sort of things. And with more views, you could see with, with YouTube, they, the analytics sort of like, where does it drop off or where mm. do you get more traction or how long do people, you can go deep into those things. But I, I can understand now when I look at other videos, when people are like, they start their video and they tease the high point of the video right at the beginning, because they want people to get interested. Cause sometimes people will start your video and then just oh, forget it. I'm out of here. Yeah. You know? Or sometimes people, they, they want you to watch so they'll, they'll tease this, what's going to happen. And then you're, they get to that point later on. And so some of my video, well, that has changed a bit for me. It used to be just me, be me. Okay. Today we're going out with this. I'm going to try this challenge. And then I'm walking around. Yeah. Right. And that sort of, I wanted to try to make that pre part 
mm. to put a little bit more work in there to, to make sure that I'm like, te- not teasing, but showing, hey, here's some of the things we're gonna, I've learned about it. And I really like this, 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 and this. And now let's get into that, right? Mm. I, it seems really simple, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. but that, that idea of hopefully keeping people interested in, you know, teasing what you're going to, what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've, I've made, uh, I'll use different things. I'll use Keynote, for example. I use a lot of animation in Keynote to, mm. to animate things, which I think is is really helpful. Like the last video I made about, um, it was about Aperture and how, again, these are things that I'm learning as well. I always think, oh, you put a regular lens on a crop sensor body and you just multiply by 1.5 and that's what it is. And, and I was all wrong. And I'm like... <laughs> How can I show this to other people? How can I do this? And I use Keynote to make animations to show the examples side by side. And so some of my videos recorded in Keynote where I'm just doing a, you know, recording over and being sure. able to use the animations to show things. So that has changed as well to sort of, again, it's all about helping people learn to be better yeah. photographers. And um, I'm hoping you, that, yeah, go ahead. Are you, do you do this all in iMovie then? Do you all import everything into yeah, iMovie? So, okay. um, I mean, I have Final Cut Pro as well, but in iMovie, I, yes, it's basically I'll I'll make a video sort of in sometimes if I make that video in uh, Keynote and then export it as a as a movie. So then it and then I can drop that into iMovie and then as part of my movie, mm-hmm. I I love to use cutaways in in um, in iMovie. So example, if I'm out um, and I've got that first person perspective and then it cuts away to my picture, it's really simple because then you can keep the sound in the background. Yeah, but yeah, iMovie can do so much of what I'm, I'm looking to do, you know, so that's generally where I'm, I'm putting them. Absolutely. That's cool. Any, I was just thinking about this as I heard you talking, do you have like any recommendations for teachers in the classroom who are trying to take photos of kids doing work or of student work? Like, I just think all the time, right. Teachers are trying to, especially in the primary grades. We know that parents love as many pictures as they get yeah. in the classroom. And most, you know, most p- teachers are just using their iPhone or their Android yeah. phone that they have. Yeah. Are there any like quick tips around, like, if you're taking photos in the classroom, here's some things to, to think about. Yeah. Uh, well, the first thing I always say is it's like you're telling a story. So if I'm telling a story, I want to have a variety of shots, right? Mm. Um, so I always like this where's the story taking place? So that's sort of your wider shot of of what's happening. And then I'm getting in closer and I'm like, maybe a group of kids more than more than two or more kids. And then I'm getting closer and it's just one kid. And then I'm getting closer. Maybe it's like like the hand on the handwriting, you know? So I just think of that's a big one is types of shots, these different, like, here's the story. I don't know if you remember, um, what was the show? It was like law and order, an old show, but it always started like outside the precinct. (laughs) <laughs> and then it would get coming closer. Now, some of the people then coming closer, one of the okay. person, you know, like that, that storytelling uh, is, is really good. The other thing I would always recommend okay. is like, I'd say to those K one students is your bird's eye view and worm's eye view, right? Mm. Just, just, just going up top or down low will make all the difference up top, down low and get close. If, if you're doing those things, you know, I always, those, those details of like the hand on the keyboard or the handwriting, or sure. the, you know, I'm painting, those things are really cool. You might not, and 
for some, for some of us, for like in our school, we have to watch about, you know, faces being right. shared out. If I want to share something out for some people, that's, that's the case. Those photos are great because I'm still sharing some of the things that are happening, right. but um, I'm not worried about sort of that, that privacy thing. Yeah. I like that. Especially like you're saying, like bird's eye view, like even, you know, getting above a tape, a group of kids where all their kids' heads are yes. down. So you're just getting on top of yeah. it. I love that. Yeah. Start yeah. wide and, yeah. and slowly move your way in. Yeah. yeah that, and that, that will tell totally that cool. story. It's such that's a, awesome. such a powerful thing to do. And, and it's very, cool. again, do it with your, whatever device you have in your hand, you yeah. can do it. And, and yeah. actually those devices, like they actually focus closer than my, you know, unless I have a special lens on there, they focus closer than those, those yeah, regular DSLR really cameras. Yeah. You can get yeah. really close. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah that is. Cool. Yeah. That is yeah. Cool. Well, if people want to learn more about you, uh, where's like, where should they start? Where are other places that you're at? Your TikToks going, you've got your YouTube, yeah. got your website. Yeah. Um, all, um, I, I would start at the web, the website, the photography toolkit.com is, is a great place to see sort of the things that are happening. And, and on YouTube, um, you know, again, and the, if you look up the photography toolkit or David Caleb, you'll, you'll see, you'll see me on there. Um, I'm also, I, again, I'm Instagram. I've got actually a couple Instagram ones because when I started with Instagram, I originally, I didn't get onto Instagram. I was like, Oh, it's just people, you know, using filters and <laughs> taking crappy pictures. And, and a couple of friends of mine said to me, listen, you can make it whatever you want it to be. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay. So I was like, well, I'll make my Instagram like taking pictures with my phone. Yeah. No, not my camera, just showing pictures with my phone and, and, you know, proving that sort of thing that you can do great. You can capture great images with just the devices in your pocket. So, so I've got a couple Instagram one, one is Dave Caleb and uh, the other one is the photography toolkit. And so oh, cool. those are other places that people can, can connect with me. And, and I, and I love it. Honestly, whenever somebody comments on something, I, I, I love engaging with people. People are asking questions and whether that's on YouTube or whether it's on the blog, wherever it is, I love engaging with people and trying to help out. So look for the photography toolkit everywhere. And that'll, that'll get yeah. you started. That'll get you started. <laughs> yes. That, that, that'll hopefully get you there. That's awesome. Well, thank oh, you for yeah. taking time out of your busy schedule. I don't know what time it is in Singapore. You must be getting ready to either. It's start about eight 50 in the morning. We're yeah, good. I was going to say good. you're, you're <laughs> getting ready yeah. for another school day. So that's, great. Yeah, it's a, yeah, that's awesome. A bit of everything today. So it'll be good. Yeah, I appreciate awesome. it. Thanks so much. Yeah, no worries. And we'll have uh, links to everything in the show notes as well. So people can, can reach out and follow you and ask questions. And, you know, photography is just a huge part of our world today and the ways that, that uh, it, you know, we can capture so much uh, and there's so much critical thinking that needs to be taught uh, with, with so much uh, media out there. So it's, it's great to have this conversation and it's great that we have you here to uh, help guide us. Anytime. I love it. Uh, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's really good to see you. Yeah, you too. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Shifting Our Schools. If you found this episode helpful or inspiring, please make sure to subscribe and leave the team a five-star rating. If you want to learn more about the Shifting Schools team or download our free resources, head over to shiftingschools.com to see what's on offer now. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode to keep rethinking the shifts our schools need.